This is Tracing Architecture, a podcast about the issues and pressures around the industry, art form, and profession of architecture. My name is Sean Swisher. I'll be your host. And along with me, I've got a couple of co-hosts. I'm James Wessel. This is Matt Tien. And we've got a special guest today as well. We have the AIA 10 Phoenix Metro Director, Mandel McDonald. Mandel, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi guys, Mandel McDonald, as Sean said, uh, Director of AIA 10 Phoenix Metro, and excited about this podcast and happy to be joining you guys today. And we are uh, excited to have you with us here today too. Uh, this podcast um, has been a long time in the making. Um, we had our first episode launched back in February. And it was a live event at the AIA uh, offices in Phoenix. And it was a great event. We had a great audience. Um, we spoke about uh, passions within and without architecture. And during that time, back in February, uh, the plan was to very quickly uh, produce that episode, get it up on the website, and, and get this podcast rolling. And then a couple weeks later, a little thing called the coronavirus hit the United States pretty hard and kind of sent everybody's lives into a tailspin and also this podcast's development. So we felt like we needed to regroup and take a moment to uh, kind of kickstart again the podcast, as well as uh, get an opportunity to introduce ourselves as the hosts of Tracing Architecture. Um, and then we also just wanted to take a moment to talk about why we wanted to make this podcast, what, why we're here and, and why we think this is important. And then lastly, check in about how coronavirus has affected our lives, uh, not just this podcast, but our, our jobs, our families, um, our living situations. And that's going to be our show for today. I guess to, to start off, I'd kick it over to Matt. Matt, why don't you introduce yourself and, and how you came to, to join the group for the podcast? Hey there. So I uh, guess I joined because um, I was looking for a way to kind of contribute within the community. I was looking for a way to be involved locally. And I reached out to Jordan Kravitz, who was previously on this committee, has now joined um, as the secretary of AI Phoenix Metro. Um, I was working with her at the time and she introduced me to Sean and Mandel. And when you guys first brought up the idea of the podcast, I thought it was a great idea, great way to engage and explore ideas with the greater community. Uh, in addition to all the other ways that AI attend contributes. So just felt like a good way to get in and get involved. And, and what did you think as far as the podcast goes, what, what made you want to actually help produce it versus, you know, some other capacity in working with AI ten? I honestly, I think they go, hand in hand together to a degree when you're working on a lot of different things locally, um, helping to do portfolio reviews, for instance, um, with the students in the local colleges. And this was just another piece of the puzzle as a way to give back and contribute to the community and uh, bring some voices to the table from the community that are we can learn from, we can hear stories from, and unfold a little bit of the history of architecture in Phoenix. And it felt like just another piece to help with that exploration. Yeah. James, how, how about you? Uh, I've been involved with the IA10 for a few years now. 
helping out with uh, several events, uh, lunch with the fellows, you know, one of the annual things, doing several building tours. And uh, the reason I got involved in AI-10, which is, of course, AI-10, the first 10 years of your licensure in architecture, um, was because I wanted to take an active role in this industry and also, you know, evolve and grow as as a young architect. And and this was an opportunity to be engaged. Um, And what I really like about the podcast, Racing Architecture, is that it runs tangentially to the AI-10. It's not necessarily an AI-10 affiliate. It's its its, its own entity, but it's its connected with AI-10. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, And it allows us to work tangentially and, and reach out in different areas. And I remember meeting with Sean early on in the development of this podcast, and you were working with another gentleman who, you know, got busy like we all do in the industry. And it kind of put the podcast on pause. And then when Matt joined um, and and I joined, you know, we all got together and it it just grew from there and allowed it to blossom. So I'm glad that that connection was made through AI-10. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful to be a part of this, this effort. Well, and that, so hearing the the side of the story from you guys, it brings it back around to where this kind of began. And, and Mandel remember that the discussions about making an AIA 10 podcast have been going on since 2017, maybe even earlier. And just figuring out the logistics of how to make it happen um, and how to produce something consistently and then also be discussing topics that were engaging to people on a consistent basis. All of that took a lot of time to develop. It, it became too difficult for just two people to, to take on. And so, you know, back in uh, 2019, when we were finally getting some uh, footing on, on making this thing happen, it took you know, you, James and, and Matt to, to come together for us to actually get this thing going. And as far as why I wanted to, to do this podcast and why I wanted to, to explore these topics in depth, I think there is a lot about architecture that we don't talk about every day um, that is very much a part of what we do as architects, especially in association with AIA-10 young architects are absorbing so much in those first 10 years. And there's so much of it that you don't get a chance to learn about or, or understand before you get to that stage. And you're basically just learning on the fly. And so combine that with my curiosity of why things are the way they are. Why does our industry work the way it does? How are people interacting uh, with the industry and with each other. What does it mean to be a young architect specifically in the Phoenix metro area, but then also just nationally, internationally, what does that look like for people? And the more I began to think about that, the more I wanted to get an opportunity to talk with people and, and just get their viewpoints on things. And so the podcast became a conduit for that curiosity and then getting like-minded people that have the same kind of curiosity for exploring these topics with James and Matt, it just made it, you know, an actually possible thing to have happen. And then, of course, the AIA 
Phoenix Metro giving us support in carrying this out, part of it being to get more AI-10 members involved or pull in new members to, to just enhance what we are able to do as a group of architects, but also giving a, a voice to that group, which at times can have a, have a hard time being heard in the larger group of AIA. So, so that's, that's kind of where I come at from this whole thing. Mandel, why don't, do you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, before, before we came on the three of us to, to kick this thing off, you, do you want to give some even further back history of, of where this podcast uh, began? Yeah, I think you touched on it. It's really something that came to the organization. We kind of have revolving leadership within the AIA, different levels, be it associate or AI 10 or moving up through that. And the, it's evolving and changing uh, as the organization grows and, you know, as new leadership comes in. But Dennis Bree was one of the co-chairs of AIA-10 is what we called it then. And uh, when I got involved, he was one of them. And then our current uh, Phoenix Metro chapter president, Rachel Rasmussen, was the other. And it was just something that we talked about. And it was at that time, it was I think challenging enough just to get the regular programming that we do out to the to the members, but it was something that we all saw there was some value in it. And I, I think it was probably 2017 when you got involved, Sean, and then you and Dennis were, you know, spitballing on how it could, could grow and become something. And it's a time thing. Like it's something that I've always thought was great, but I knew that I didn't have the time to do it. And um, I appreciated your guys's passion and dedication. And it's, probably taken even more work than we thought it would to get it off the ground. But um, I also think it's fascinating how things work out. Like it's been a few years in the making and then we were able to launch with a little delay um, in the middle of a pandemic where things are changed completely from what we knew just a few months ago. And so, you know, our local AIA isn't able to do in-person presentations. And so this is a great medium, a great way for us to connect, to, you know, share and learn and continue to grow. And even especially now that we're all kind of changing the way we work, this can be very relevant and, and real time. And, and also it is not gone. Like it's not an event that we had one night and a few people heard or 30 people heard and then it goes away. This can be out there for people to continue to consume and um, based on the first episode, I think there's just such great, we have so many great leaders in our community here locally, uh, that we can learn from. And the other thing that I really am inspired by is it's not talking about architecture. It's talking about all the things, all the complexities that go into the daily lives of those of us that are in the industry. And, and that's such a cool message and, and very much in alignment, I think with the, the AIA 10 as a group, the young architects, the first 10 years of licensure, that, as you've alluded to, there's so much learning that's happening. And I think it's valuable to hear the stories of other people who've come before us and gone through that. And that can help us grow, uh, grow and shape our career. Like there's also so many different paths. So I'm excited to see, you know, what the future episodes bring and um, applaud you guys for all the hard work and pulling it together. This is no small feat. So. Well, thank you. And, and we 
have always been super appreciative of all the support that you and uh, the rest of AIA has provided to us. So it it wouldn't have happened if we couldn't have had a backer such as yourself that was ready to go to bat for us. So, um, and and actually, I think everything you just talked about is those are all really good points, especially in the 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 new world of post COVID nineteen which is the other reason why we decided to get all together here today. And and for people that are listening, you know, we may make it sound via our editing like we're all together in the same room, but but we're doing this through a video conference call. And everybody has gotten so used to and tired of video conference calls being the way they communicate and see other people. And um, I, I think we should talk for a minute about how this time which it's been approximately 10 weeks um, since we've had the uh, the stay at home order in Arizona um, talk about what what life has been like um, for for all of us uh, and, and then just things that we're seeing in the in the community around us I, I think one of the biggest things for me personally I've got two small children under the age of five, one just six months old. And I I can't describe it any better than the the contrast and and juxtaposition of wanting to be close to your family and loving the chance to be closer to your kids uh, more often throughout the day and also really wanting some peace and quiet to get some work done and not be interrupted and it's it's a a very surreal part of it that you're not allowed to leave your home and you're not allowed to do all of these things or or rather not supposed to and all we want to do is just get out and see other things other people be with each other and it's been it's been difficult for kids it's been difficult for all of us i'm sure too it's just been such a strange experience. Anybody have some some particular thoughts they'd want to share about their experience? I think it's interesting. The first couple of weeks, you know, it was like, oh, we're going to be working from home and we get to, you know, have a little bit of freedom and it's kind of fun. And, and then the reality set in of like, uh, this may go on for much longer than we thought. So, you know, at the beginning especially here in Arizona, it was, you know, March, fantastic weather. We would, at my house, I have a 12-year-old daughter actually recently married right before this all happened. The week before. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. So yeah, this has been our, we call it our homey name. So we've been in quarantine for the entirety of our marriage, which has worked out well. Um, And in the beginning, it was super fun, right? We'd have happy hour at the end of the day and we'd go outside and have a cocktail and it was like this fun thing. And then the reality set in and it was like, then you're not leaving your constant, you know, your now your house is both your house, your office, your gym, like it's serving all of those purposes. And, um, it, it's taken some adjustment and, you know, we're, we live in a historic neighborhood in central Phoenix in a small house. So to have two people working from home and, and then one student doing school from home. There's we've had had to, you know, figure out our schedule for conference calls because we can't all be talking in the same room and 
Um, but it's amazing how quickly we've adapted to and, and made things work. So I think it's it's been a challenge, but I'm also inspired by how quickly everyone that I've been involved with has adapted and we've continued to work and uh, it's, it's been good. And even just something like this, like we would have not thought that we could do it this way, but here we are recording this podcast from yeah. our four separate houses. So. I feel like adaptation has really underpinned this whole experience. I mean, you can see how quickly you can kind of change gears and figure out a new way to do your work or, um, you know, how, how you live in your own home uh, on a dime if, if forced to. And unfortunately, everybody was forced to very, very quickly. James, what about what about you? Well, um, I'll second or I'll piggyback what Mandel said, you know, Initially, there was a novelty to this, to working at home. And uh, once after a few weeks, the reality set in. Um, there was definitely some challenges there. Um, but of course, I'll, I'll touch on the benefits. Uh, I enjoy being around my wife and my dog. So that was definitely a benefit. And it, it was actually less of a distraction for me to work from home because my staff wouldn't be coming up to me and asking me questions every five, 10 minutes. <laughs> they would have to message me or email me. And I could focus on what I needed to and then come to them as we need it. But then also on the flip side of that is, you know, there is that communication lag or gap where I can't just quickly sketch something out and say, here's what we need to do. Um, we have to figure out and adapt, like you said, to new ways to, to communicate. Uh, one of the challenges that I uh, encountered was uh, dealing with city and getting drawings approved. And, you know, how do I get those drawings? Then how do I get them to the contractor? You know, I remember I, I have a project in Surprise where I just got approval at the onset of this and they sent me PDFs and then I had to send those PDFs to a print shop and then I had to get them delivered to the job site, um, which of course they had to scan in the approved drawing. So it just added more time and steps to what was typically a simple task. But um, the good thing is we're able to overcome and adapt to these new situations. I think architects in general are very tech savvy. And uh, the fact that we all have computers at home is, is um, an example of that. Um, one of my uh, drafting staff didn't have internet at home, which um, surprises me, right? Like I hadn't even considered that you wouldn't have an internet connection at home. And he had to get a hotspot. And um, that was a little bit difficult for them to do modeling over a hotspot. But we adapt and yeah. overcome. Um, I think the biggest thing is that we've all had to learn to adapt. And um, I don't know if you want to call it the new normal, the old normal, or, or normal at all. I don't think there is a normalcy to this. It's just ever evolving. And architecture as an industry doesn't have a baseline. It's all over the place. And we just have to ride the roller coaster, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think what I've seen... Um personally from from our office too is that we can work surprisingly well all separated out you know uh setting aside for a moment the distractions of kids and dogs and other family members in the house or whatever just when we're sitting down doing our jobs um we can do a lot without needing to be in the same space and that that says something about how practice can or could work um, in a very non-traditional way. Um, Matt, what about you? So 
at the beginning of this, I think I was in kind of a strange position. Um, I had left Smith Group in February and started with Richard Kennedy Architects about three weeks before we were uh, sent home to work from home. So it was just kind of odd to be introduced to a new team and to a new office. Uh, I had three weeks, which is great to put faces to names, but it's been an interesting but overall positive experience just in in getting to a new group and trying to figure out how to be an impactful team member uh, just while navigating through a remote setup. It, you can't turn around and say, hey, where do you guys keep this? It's just it's, you kind of have to figure it out a little bit, but working with communication uh, through a new team and having those challenges, uh, everyone's been fairly receptive to that. I think most people within my own team, but in the industry at large, kind of recognize this is just odd. We're all going to have to figure out how to work through it. And so everybody's been fairly generous about working together, being openly communicative, and trying to figure out how we can each work best together. So I I think it's actually been kind of nice uh, to have this as a moment of forced reflection, if you will. Um, We have this stress test on our industry and in our country as a whole, but to be able to take that and say, now we're seeing where things are breaking down. We see where things work really well. Um, Like James was saying, noticing, or Sean, I think you said it, noticing that we can work very well remotely and that we actually can do this remotely. Uh, It's interesting to see where those cracks are forming and how we're able to respond to those. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that I feel like this situation echoes and and not in a good way, for sure, is the 2008 recession. And there are these, you know, massive unemployment numbers across the country that we're seeing now. And, you know, the hope is that this is a temporary situation um, that, you know, as soon as things kind of get leveled out, that jobs will come back and people will get rehired. And you hope that that happens fast enough that it doesn't, you know, last for a long period of time and affect more industries than just those that immediately can't be operating in this environment. But, you know, there's, it'll be, it'll be something we're going to have to track over the coming months and maybe even over the next year or more about how this is affecting our, our industry and how this is affecting people in our community, are, are we going to see the same sorts of job losses in the architecture industry that we saw, you know, a little over 10 years ago? And one of the episodes we'll be producing as part of Tracing Architecture is a sort of recap and looking back at the 2008 financial crisis and the effect it had on the architecture industry. That had an effect of nearly wiping out a significant generation of young architects from the industry that would just never come back. And you know, you hope that you don't see that same thing here where the people that are graduating, you know, this month from their degrees um, in architecture are going to enter out into a, a work environment that is not capable of absorbing them because there's not the job, there's not the the work is not going on, what have you. And and then eventually those people have to make choices and aren't able to continue on in the industry. I don't want to say it'll be interesting to see. I don't delight in the potential 
issues that the people may have to endure because of this situation, but it's a it's going to have an effect on our industry one way or another. And we're going to have to kind of be aware of it. And, and hopefully we've learned something from from 2008 that we can bring into uh, this situation that can help make it lessened its impact on people's lives and their careers in the industry. You know, one other. Sean, I'd yeah. like to jump in on that. Um, I think uh, our industry in general is in a fortunate situation, especially here in the state in Phoenix. There's continuing to be a lot of growth and development happening. Um, but during the recession, you know, that just plummeted to zero. So um, I'm fortunate that the situation is happening the way it's happening now. And I think architects, as um, industry leaders, are very adaptable and it can evolve. Um, I listened to a webinar uh, for AIA Las Vegas, and they're talking about, you know, their industry in, in Las Vegas is based on tourism and gambling, right? those industries just died, right? As soon as COVID hit. Um, and a lot of their projects are related to the casinos and the hotels and, and the entertainment for tourists there. That all just stopped. And they were talking about, been there, done that. And they brought up the topic of the recession that we made it through that by evolving and growing and, and adapting, right? And I think uh, really as industry leaders, we have that opportunity to continue to grow. And you mentioned that we're still very productive. I think my firm is very productive working remotely. We've learned to adapt, right? right? And if, if we were stuck in our old ways, we would die off like a dinosaur, right? So, right. Well, what's, what I think will be interesting to see is how, you know, there, there are these um, forces around architecture as an industry that, define what we do in our work. Um, you bring up a good one, which is development. And depending on where development money is going is at least one indicator of where our industry is going. And, you know, to extrapolate the effect of coronavirus on what we're seeing in, in people's work lives, they have totally shuttered offices across the country and you have people, uh, companies rethinking what does it look like to have an office? Does it have to have everybody in the office? If it does have everybody in the office, do they need to be six feet away from each other? Or do we need to do this thing or that thing to, to accommodate them? And so I guess what I'm getting at is that there's still so much that's going to ripple out of this situation. It could have an effect of, you know, reigniting development or continuing to increase development um, uh, for office spaces um, throughout our state or throughout the country, or it could have a chilling effect on that altogether. And you could see, you know, people not wanting to build more because they're not sure if they'll be able to find companies to fill them. And so that's the, I think that's the, intriguing thing about this is is what are we going to see next out of this we we're, we're going to slowly come out of this into some new world and and how does that look for us so you know maybe we'll have to have another check-in on this in six months or so just to see where everybody's at well so with that now that we've talked about how coronavirus has affected us i think one thing that we've seen so far is is the community locally come together and try to help people through this time. And AIA has 
done a really great job of providing some new resources for people that could assist them through this time. And Mandel, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about what AIA Phoenix Metro has provided, especially given the fact that they can't provide any in-person sort of services or events. Um, How are they looking to help the industry out? So there's a couple of things um, that AIA 10, along with the associate group, have put together a webinar series uh, that started in a few weeks ago, and, and there'll be three more uh, episodes in June that are specifically kind of targeted. How do we kind of make it through? What are ways that we can uh, adapt, especially kind of targeting those recent graduates? And it's kind of, you know, that's that's the sector I think that we're focused on a lot right now is those those new students that are coming out and looking for work because a lot of firms it feels like are not in a position to hire you know whether or not they have the workload or not um, I think there's just so much question as to what the future holds that there's a little bit of um, reservation but um, one of the things another thing beyond that webinar series is that uh I think it's in collaboration both with ASU and U of A um, using an online platform called Handshake. There's the opportunity to hire not just recent grads, but this is targeted at them um, for short-term needs. So uh, you might need, you know, renderings or a model or some drafting assistance on a project. So rather than having to commit to a full-time employment situation, you can engage people through this um, handshake app, I think, to hire them, whether it's for a project, for a very specific task. Um, so I think that's a it's another way that we're seeing technology benefiting us in a time like this where things are uncertain. So I believe there's information available through the AIA Phoenix Metro um, website, and then they've been circulating some information on that if people are looking so i i think we'll be seeing probably more information through emails um, i know that with that webinar series we've been seeing the emails come out and we'll be seeing more to announce the future webinars and, and how people can access those um and then for handshake i i, I again i know another email has been uh, going around with that, but people should also be looking to AIA.org slash Phoenix Metro for more information on, on both of these services that AIA is looking to provide. Yeah. And on the, I'll just touch quickly on the webinar series, the upcoming, um, I think it's next first week of June. Not sure when we're going to be posting this, but, um, it's going to be on portfolio and interview tips and tricks. Uh, which that too has evolved, right? We're doing uh, virtual interviews nowadays. Um, and then the third part of the series is going to be on alternative career paths for architecture and looking back at people who graduated in a down economy and how they were able to navigate that. And maybe it's tangential to architecture. And then when the economy comes back, you you know, you're, you can step back into the um, more traditional kind of roles. And then the final one is success stories and overcoming challenges. So um, I think some really good content that the, the AI Phoenix Metro has put together in support of everyone. Fantastic. 
All right. Well, I think that does it for our episode today. Uh, Mandel McDonald, AIA 10 Phoenix Metro director. Thank you again for joining us, um, giving us some of your thoughts on, on the current situation and then also providing some great information on those resources from AIA. Um, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys. And thanks again for all of your effort in pulling this together. I think this is a great, great resource for our community. Well, we're looking forward to continue to produce these. And and as we mentioned earlier, our first episode is already live on the website at tracingarchitecture.org. Um, there you can find the episodes and you can also subscribe through uh, whichever would be your favorite podcast listening service. So there's Spotify, Google Podcasts, and uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So please go there to listen and uh, subscribe for when our next episodes come out. We'd also like to thank, again, AIA, Phoenix Metro, uh, the Arizona uh, chapter of AIA, and AIA 10 for their sponsorship of our podcast. Thankfully, we were able to record uh, with a couple of other guests for some other episodes before this uh, coronavirus stuff happened. So we've got a couple in the bank that we could potentially release, but we've also got several other topics that we could look at maybe doing this kind of setup with our guests and things ranging from craft, digital and analog, to work-life balance, to the 10-year checkup and recession check-in that you mentioned already. Yeah, and as soon as those uh, episodes are live, again, if you're subscribed to the podcast, you'll get those notifications, but we'll also be communicating through AIA. So if you are uh, a part of AIA Arizona, AIA Phoenix Metro, um, you'll be seeing the updates come through the email service as well. And please reach out if you have any comments or want to engage. We are here and happy to continue the conversation. One thing we do want to do with this podcast, and, and Mandel touched on this when he was talking about how it's a different format than typical webinars or in-live presentations, is that it's an ongoing, evolving communication where we want to have feedback and, and grow and, and really listen to who's listening to us and, and give them what they, what they want as well as what we want. Our email address uh, for Tracing Architecture is tracingarchitecture at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find more information about us at tracingarchitecture.org. So this has been, I guess, what we'll call episode zero of Tracing Architecture. We gave a little bit of an introduction on the hosts of Tracing Architecture, um, as well as did a quick check-in on coronavirus uh, and how it's affected us in our careers and our lives and what that looks like right now. Thanks for joining us. And uh, please be sure to tune in to our future episodes. And if I don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. <laughs>